0: If you brought your Bibles tonight, and I hope that you have, um, turn with me back to Psalms. I'm sorry, Jake. I didn't have that started, did I? All right. So, if you brought your Bibles tonight, and I hope that you have, turn with me right back to Psalms 23, uh, the 23rd Psalm. Uh, I want to I want to finish what we started this morning. We. Uh, uh, we covered part of the verse, and I want to cover the rest of verse 4 tonight. I got, I got two more um, pieces of that verse, two more portions of it, two more points, however you want to look at that. And so anyways, uh, let's go back there. Let's read the 23rd Psalm again. Go to the Lord together in a word of prayer, and, uh, and I'll finish what I started this morning. So the 23rd Psalm says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want." my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just humbly come before you one more time tonight, thanking you for the good day and the many blessings. Thanking you, Lord, for the opportunity you've given us to gather here in your house tonight, uh, for each one that you've sent our way for the roof you put over our head, the nation that we live in, the freedom that we get uh, to freely and openly worship you. Lord, let us not take any of these things for granted, but let us always have praise and glory on our lips for you because you alone are worthy of it. Lord, my prayer tonight is that you would move in our midst in a mighty way. God, that you'd stir our hearts tonight. Lord, that you'd knit us together and draw us near to you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would leave here tonight, different than how we come in, that we would leave here uh, with a greater burden for a lost and dying world, greater hunger for righteousness, a greater desire to walk close to you, have a close, intimate relationship with you, and to serve you all the days of our lives. So, Lord, I'm just praying that you would move here tonight, and we'll give you every bit of the glory for it. And Lord, let me ask uh, two two more things of you. First of all, and most importantly, if there is any here whose heart's not right with you, oh God, let tonight be the night that they would get things right with you. Lord, draw them, convict them. Lord, whatever it's going to take, oh Lord, but don't let up until they would repent and turn to you before it's everlasting too late. And, Lord, the other thing is uh, for myself. I need your help tonight. I can't do this without you. Uh, I don't even know what I'd say, lest you give it to me. So, Lord, that's what I'm asking. Just preach me here tonight. And be sure and give you every bit of the glory. Lord, I'm asking for your anointing, for your holy unction. I'm asking for a moving of your spirit. And we'll all praise you because we love you we worship you we praise your holy name we ask it all in the precious and holy name of Jesus amen i got i got two things that i need to say that i don't know how related they are to the sermon but i need to say them first uh one worship is not about What you get out of it or what I get out of it, it's about what we put into it. Um, We get caught up in the mind, and I catch myself doing it too, all right? So I'm not just wagging a finger, condemning people or anything like that, but we get caught up and we get focused on the mindset um, that we've always got to do something bigger and better in order to keep people's attention, in order to entertain people. I mean, that's what it boils down to. You know, a lot of people wouldn't say it that way as far as entertain people, but that's what it comes down to. Hey, look, as a preacher, I, I get to thinking sometimes, you know, I get to thinking, well, you know, I don't have anything interesting to say. I don't, you know, I, I, I've said everything interesting I've got to say. I've said it a lot of times, you know. I don't have anything else. I don't have anything that's going to intrigue somebody or, or keep their attention or or, or, or anything like that. And, you know, I get to, th- I get to thinking about that, I get to thinking that way, and that's the wrong way to look at it. You know, we get to thinking, sometimes I've heard people say things about, well, we just sing the same old songs over and over, you know. Uh, people think things like that, right, or, or specials, right? You know, <coughs> I can't count the times, so therefore, I may need to throat losses. As a matter of fact, I know I'm going to. <coughs> um, you know something about singing the same special over, either worried about singing the same special too many times or, <coughs> or something like that. It is from the wrong... You couldn't get here with that quick enough, honey. <coughs> um, it is from the wrong perspective. <laughs> I'm not going to make it. Um, th- that's thinking about it and looking at it from the, from the wrong perspective. That's looking at it from a, from a worldly perspective. Entertainment mindset, and that's like our default mindset, right? That's every one of us. We don't think if we're not, if we don't guard it, if we don't guard our mind and guard our heart, we'll, we'll default to that. That is getting us, that is us focusing on us, focusing on what we can do and what we can get out of it, you know, our own abilities and things like that, right? And focusing on um, tickling itch ears, really. I mean, you know, we wouldn't say it that way, but that's really what it is. <sighs> That's not what worship is about. Worship is not about what you and I get out of it. Now, don't get me wrong. When we come together and God shows up and the Spirit moves, you can't help but be blessed, right? I mean, you know, you you have to try real hard not to be blessed, right? But that's, that's not the focus. That's a byproduct. That's because of who God is, right? The, 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 the focus is not on what I get out of it or what you get out of it. The focus on it is what we give, what we can do. We gather together. It's worship. It's not entertainment hour. It's not concert hour. It's not listen to a great motivational speaker hour. Goodness sakes. I hope nobody ever would put me in that category. Uh, no, it is about What we give to the Lord. Worship. If it's not, it's not worship. Now, the other thing. (coughs) I knew this morning, but I was a little hesitant because I hadn't read it in quite a while. Uh, Pray for me. You know, instead of just trusting the Lord to bring to my memory... I lack a little confidence, and I'll back off just a little bit, even though I knew it this morning. I just hadn't read it in a long time, and I was like, oh, what if I'm remembering wrong?" So I just got to say it. And I wasn't the only one interested. I heard Jackie talking before, so she was obviously interested in looking, too. I was talking about Robert Waldo. Tallest man officially recorded, official measurement in the um, Genesis. World Records. i mentioned about Hazel telling me. Ray mentioned to me after service this morning that whenever he was a, 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 I think he said a young boy or a young man, he saw him too right here on the square. That he come down here and that I think you said that he maybe advertised for a brown shoe uh, shoe store, or shoe company, or what a shoe factory, brown shoes or something like that. But anyways. So here's the thing, I I looked at the measurements because I I wanted to make sure. His tallest official measurement was just a shade over 8 foot 11. Not quite 9 foot, but over 8 foot 11, right? We're talking a fraction of an inch under 9 feet, less than 1 inch under 9 feet. At 22 years old, he, he passed away at 22 years old. At 22 years old, and he was still growing. Okay? And now, I mean, he had a, he had giantism or, or however you say it. And so, I mean, for all we know, Goliath may have too. You know, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of possibilities on that. I don't want to get into that. There's a lot of other possibilities too. That, that's not my point. My point is, think about it fraction of an inch under nine feet less than an inch less than an inch under nine feet in 1940 in 1940 And some people lifetime right that is alive right now and it's a lot of people's lifetime is still alive right now and one man that's sitting in our service right now saw him with his own eyes Right? I mean, do you know how many people have have come and gone and lived throughout the history of the world? Right? Uh, Do do you understand what I'm saying? And people people will say, the world will say that, oh, that that the height of Goliath is, because Goliath was in feet and inches, the Bible says he was nine feet, nine inches. Okay? So just a shade less than ten inches difference between Robert Waldo and Goliath. Think about this for a second. They measured Robert Waldo, barefoot, flat, tied against his head. I had no poofy hair, no hat, no nothing like that, okay? And just a touch under nine feet. How did they measure Goliath? Did they measure him with shoes on? Bible talks about that helmet of brass. Did they measure him with that helmet on? Was this some sort of um, official measurement that was taken of him? Or is this more like, if somebody asked me, I'd say, Scott, you know, if somebody asked me how tall Scott was, I'd say, ah, he's six foot I'd say about six foot. I actually don't know how tall Scott is, but he's about six foot. So was there an official measurement of Goliath? And if there was, was he barefoot and, and, and tied against his head? Or is that with, you know, uh, shoes and hat on? Or, or, or what is that, right? And was it an official measurement? Or was it, they said, how tall is he? And he says, well, he's, uh, uh, it looks about like uh, he's six cubits and a span. A cubit is from here to here, and a span is the span of your hand from here to here. Do you see what I'm getting at? In what I'm saying here in the range of possibilities, right, that I'm just talking about here, right, that any of those could be true, and, and it wouldn't change what the Bible is saying there. It would still be perfectly accurate, right, in some of our lifetimes. There's been a man basically about the same height as Goliath. And even if Goliath was a few inches taller, I mean, is that a stretch? I don't think so. So, here we are in Psalm 23. And I started going through the fourth verse. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I talked this morning, I started out about the walk of the saint, the Christian. And what that valley of shadow of death is, what that's meaning, what that's signified, what that represents in our lives today. So yea, though I walk through, right? David's talking about, even though I walk through, right? I told you that you know this morning that God will see you through, right? God will, whatever that valley is for you, God will see you through. And then, right, and then David is saying, I will fear no evil, right? That's, that's the next thing he says. And so I, I, you know, went through that briefly. The Bible says a lot more about fear not, but I briefly went through, I will fear no evil, okay? So I talked about the Christian walk, Right? Christians walk through with the Lord and sometimes just through dark places, low valleys, dangerous places. I talked about the Christian's companion, or not companion, but the Christian's courage. Now, the next part tells us for thou art with me. There's the Christian's companion, right? For thou art with me. God is with us. I mean, think about that for a minute. I mean, that's what Emmanuel, the, you know, Emmanuel means, right? You read that in Matthew, right? That's one of the names of Jesus, right? God with us. Right? God is with us. But now think about it for just a second. God is literally with us right now in the person of the Holy Spirit. Jesus told us in John chapter 14, I believe it's verse 16, he says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. We've seen that. We've seen that fulfilled on the day of Pentecost, right? When there was uh, those uh, uh, those believers, those followers, the disciples are gathered in the upper room uh, and, and, and he... W- the Holy Spirit, was it Acts chapter 2, the first few verses? and. It, you know, here is when the Holy Spirit comes and and, and, and lights upon them, right, and indwells and, 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 and them. And since then, he has remained with them, and he's remained with and in the saints ever since. And what a wonderful companion he has been. I mean, think about this for a minute. God has not left you. Now, I'm not, I'm not preaching or teaching, you know, anything, eternal security or anything like that. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. But listen close to what I'm saying. God has never left a single Christian. Not one single believer has God ever left. Now, there's been a bunch that left him. Right, you can go to John chapter six and verse sixty-six, and you see some of them leave him there. Right? There's been ones that that's left him. Listen to me, you can leave him, but he ain't going to leave you. God has not left you. He's not left us. He's not left me, right? There's not going to come a point where he is going to leave us to to face the raging storms alone, right? There's not going to come a point where he's going to leave us to endure perilous days alone, right? There's not going to come a place where he's going to Leave you to shoulder your daily responsibilities uh, and the things that you face alone, right? He's he's not going to leave you, uh, and he's not left you to to fight your own um, uh, battles here, right? Uh, he's not left you uh, to to cross your lonesome valleys alone. He has not left you to, to, to overcome uh, the temptations that come your way alone, right? He's not left you alone to do any of these things. He's not left you alone, right, to bear your burdens and your difficult problems alone, right? He's not left you uh, to, to meet your opposition alone and to meet the enemies alone. He's not left you uh, to encounter your unknown future Alone, right? He's not left you to defend the Christian faith alone. Not left you to, you know. We think about it sometimes, and we like to talk about this walk as valleys and mountaintops and, and things like that. It's not all smooth, and it's not all easy. And listen, there is some rugged mountains to climb as we go through this life, right? But He's not left you, and not left me to deal with it alone. He's not left us to dispel our, our, our discouraging doubts alone, right? He's not left us to, to, I was just talking about David and Goliath, right? But I also mentioned this morning what Goliath represents in our lives, right? The giants that we face. He's not left you to face your giants alone he's not left you to face your sorrows alone to face your pain alone he's not left you to make hard difficult or even complex decisions alone he's not left you to win your spiritual uh, battles alone he's not left you to face your uh, severe trials alone he's not left you right to 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 walk your the perilous pathways alone, that's what that dark valley is. It's a perilous pathway in this life. And he's not left you to travel that or traverse that alone, right? He's not left you to carry, right? We're, we're to pick up our cross and carry it daily, but he's not left you to do that alone, right? He's not left you to confront the obstacles that the the world and Satan puts in your path. He's not left you. To face those alone, he's not left you uh, to meet your 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 obligations, right? And sometimes they're pressing obligations alone. He's not left you uh, to handle these things, right? He's not left you to, to to learn these hard lessons alone. He's not left you to withstand uh, your 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 hardships. Alone to conquer uh, your fears alone, right? To, to enter your, your fiery furnaces alone, right? To subdue your spiritual enemies alone, to fulfill right uh, your, 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 the, the commitments that you made alone. Not at all. Rather, he's given us the Holy Spirit who is not only with us to help us, but he's also there to encourage us To empower us, to bless us, to inspire us, to guide us, and to protect us. He didn't leave us alone. We can still say, just like David did, for thou art with me. He knows. God knows when we're weak. And you know what he does? He strengthens us. He knows when we're discouraged. Right? Every one of us have had times where we've been discouraged. Listen to me. When that when that happens your way, discouragement comes your way. Don't try to hide it. Talk to God about it. Pray. Just unload your heart to him. It's not like he doesn't already know it. And so when we're and so he knows when we're discouraged. And he can encourage us. He can inspire us. He knows when we're confused. And therefore, he will direct us. He knows when we're burdened. And therefore, he can help us carry the burden. And he can lighten the load. And he can, uh, he, and he can bless us. He knows when we're helpless. So therefore, that's when he helps us. He knows when we're sad. And that's whenever uh, that joy can come dwelling up, right, from deep within, right? And causes us to rejoice. He knows when we're in despair. And he gives us hope. I mean, seriously. what greater companion could we ever ask for? Sometimes I think David had a better understanding of this than what we do today. And so, he says, for thou art with me. And the very last piece, section here, uh, it piggybacks right off of that. He says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So, the comfort. Right? The comfort of the Christian, the comfort of the saint. Thy rod and thy staff. Uh, For a long time, and and you could still correct me on this because I don't, again, here's this lack of a little bit of confidence. Um, I thought, for a long time when I read this, I thought thy rod and thy staff was, help me, Jennifer, synonymous. synonymous. Am I saying that right? Synonymous? I thought they were synonyms. I thought it was saying the same thing two different ways. That happens a lot in the scripture, okay? That is a literary technique that's common in the scripture. Usually multiple things like that it describes different aspects of. Um, When I was preparing for this sermon, I'd done a little research in and most of the things I could find actually said it was common for a shepherd to carry both what is referred to as a rod and what is referred to as a staff. So it's, so, so it's very possible it's two things there, right? I mean, when I think of it, I just think, you know, a stick. Uh, but it's a little more than that, right? The, the rod would be like a, a billy club. Right? Everybody knows what a, what a billy club is here, right? A little short, little short club. Uh, you know, usually it's a, a weapon of defense, right? Something like that. Um, when I'd run a truck, we'd use them to check tires with, you know, thump your tires with it. Um, so he says, Thy rod. Right, and as you go through the scripture, you'll see things like rod of correction and things like that. Usually when I read that, I just think, you know, switch is what I think of. But actually, this rod here that is talking about the shepherd carried would have been like a, a, a little club, a short little club that he would have he had a little leather loop on or whatever and would have carried it on his belt, right? And so it would have been, right? I mean, because the shepherd's job is to protect the sheep, right? David talks about, man, I should have just almost read, and, and it could have went along with, and that would have been probably three more sermons. But David, right, the, the story of David, David the shepherd boy, and then his interaction with Goliath, right? And whenever that is happening, right, David talks about that, you know, uh, how does it say it? Does it say he grabbed the lion by his beard and he smote him, you know, and, and the bear too, right? And so he's talking about that that little billy club, right? The, that rod, right? That that's what he used... To protect his father's sheep, right? That's when they're talking about, you know, how big an old boy that Goliath is, right? And here's David. He's this scrawny little... I picture him as this scrawny little runt, you know, at that time and that point. He's Jesse's youngest boy. His oldest brothers, right? The ones that were the big strapping boys, the ones that looked like they ought to be kings, like a king ought they thought ought to look like, right? They were the ones that were down there in Saul's army, right? They were already part of the army. They were already part down there fighting, right, when that big old, right, they referred to Goliath as a champion, right, he was the Philistines champion, he's the one that come out there and, and, and would taunt them and would shout, right and say, send your best man out and, and we'll fight, just him and me, right, and, 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 and the winner of that fight, that's the, that's the winner of the whole thing, right, I mean, that's basically what he's saying is instead of having a big war between all these armies and all these people getting killed, let just send out your best man and David's the one that goes out there David's the one that goes out there this ruddy little young you know Goliath thinks it's a joke (laughs) David doesn't go out there with the weapons of a soldier he goes out there with the weapons of a shepherd rod, well, I say the weapons of a shepherd, really, I, in my mind, it's the weapons of a shepherd and of a boy, right, a slingshot is a boy's, what, you, I mean, you know, I don't know how different it was then, but now, definitely, I remember when I was a kid, I had a slingshot, right, Nathan, you had a slingshot, probably still got a slingshot, don't you, he's thinking if I can remember where it's at, uh, <laughs> So the rod is the weapon of defense that the shepherd carries. And then the staff. That's the shepherd. And I always just think of it as, you know, the staff as walking stick. But but it's more than that, right? I, I, proper terminology today is the shepherd's crook, right? Usually it's got the big hook, right? So it's a, it's, so it's a tall stick. Sometimes he'd have to use it to kind of prod the sheep along. and It would be something that would help him as walk along. But when the sheep would get cast down, right? Whenever the sheep would get down, right? It'd fall down and get in a ditch. Whenever it would get down in, in, in the mud and get mired down and get over and can't get back up or whatever, right? But think about it, the sheep being in a pit, right? Because that's the imagery the scripture uses, right? It talks about us being in a, in a miry pit, right? And it talks about... How God will pick us up and and set us, right? He'll pick us up, he'll pull us out of the miry clay, out of the miry pit, and he'll set our feet upon the solid rock, right? Upon solid ground, right? Which that solid rock, of course, represents Jesus. <clears throat> and he said and establish our ways and going right. So the idea of reaching down and picking us up, we probably think of whenever we read that scripture and we think about. It, we probably think about you know reaching down and scooping us up, God scooping us up like like you'd reach down and scoop a baby up. But actually, the picture there is the picture of a shepherd, right, the, uh, a good shepherd. And the picture is, is him taking his staff with that crook, with the crook, which is made right to go under the sheep and to to pick up the sheep, kind of hook the. sheep. I guess under the legs, right, and pick him up, pull him up out of the miry clay. David says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. He is not saying, I got the shepherd's stick, I got the shepherd's weapon and his, you know, his staff, right, so I y- y- David is not saying, since I've got the shepherd's rod, if a wolf comes, I can beat it to death with this. That is not what he's saying. What he's talking about is what the rod and what the staff represents. It represents God's protection. God's provision, his help, right? His protection and his help. They represent the Lord. They represent the good shepherd. That's what? That's why it comforts him, right? I mean, think about it this way. If it helps you, the presence of the rod and the staff indicate the presence of the shepherd. Does that make sense? That's the comfort. That's why it comforts him. It's because the good shepherd is there. He's not one of the hirelings that Ezekiel talks about. This is the good shepherd. And so the idea of thy rod and thy staff, right? They brought comfort to the sheep. They indicate the presence of the shepherd, that the shepherd is near. He, see, the shepherd is the real source of their comfort. And the sheep know that. They recognize that. And so it is with us. Among the various sources, right things, ways whereby we can be comforted. Where comfort can come to us. Nothing compares through the presence of the good shepherd. When he's near, we know. We know that somehow, some way everything will work out. Right? Everything will be all right. He will see to that. Right? That's part of what it means that God will see you through. Therefore, I'm going to tell you right now, it behooves us, it is to our advantage to stay close to Him, to follow Him where He leads, to follow Him to the pasture where He feeds us, right? It's important that we listen closely to what He says, to His instructions, to His call, right? That we obey his voice. You see, there's no other comfort like that which he provides. There's no other peace like that which his presence brings. Right? A peace that passes all understanding. That's what the Bible talks about. There's no, uh, uh, you want to use the word serenity, right? There's no serenity like that which is present when he's near. There's no ease like that which comes from a close, personal relationship with the Lord. There's no relaxation like that which comes from trusting in the Lord, right? No calmness, no calmness like that of knowing that the Lord is fully in control. Right? No greater tranquility for the mind and for the soul. Like knowing that everything is going to be all right. Right? Because of His presence. And that everything is right. Right? There is no, there is no, that's why there is no feeling, right? I don't think words can truly describe the feeling, right? But it's a feeling of calmness and a feeling of peace and a feeling of everything is going to be all right whenever, you know, whenever we first get saved and we realize that everything is right between us and God. So, that's why we can say, as long as the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. (laughs) As long as the Lord is my hope, I shall not despair. As long as the Lord is my comfort, I shall not fear. As long as he's my uh, protection, I shall not panic, right? As long as he is my help, I'll not stumble, I'll not falter, right? As long as he's my courage, I shall not waver. As long as he is my peace. I shall not fret nor worry. As long as I trust in him, I have no reason to doubt. As long as he's my defense, I'm not going to back up or retreat. As long as he is my strength, I'll not faint. As long as he's my comforter, I'm not going to worry long as he is my sufficiency, I'm not going to lack for anything that I truly need. Uh, listen, as long as he's my foundation, I shall not tremble. As long as he's my security, I shall not be afraid. As long as he is my captain, I'll not desert his army as long as I'm relying on him, I'm not going to hesitate to move for him, right? As long as he is my refreshment, I shall not thirst. As long as he is my bread, I shall not hunger. As long as he is my friend, I shall not be lonely, right? Because there's no need that he cannot meet, no thirst that he cannot quench, no miracle that he cannot perform, right? What's too hard for God, Uh, right? There's no storm that he cannot calm. There's no uh, crisis that he cannot take care of, that he cannot resolve. There's no hunger that he cannot satisfy, whether it be physical or spiritual. There's no promise that he cannot nor will not fulfill, right? There's no heart that he cannot revive, no demon that he cannot cast out, no battle that he cannot win, right? There's no sin that he cannot cleanse. There is no tension that he cannot erase, no temptus that he cannot, when he speaks, it will obey. No hope that he cannot restore What a comfort, what a comfort, just knowing this is so, right? And so when when we know that, then we know it does not matter what valley we walk through, even if it is the deepest, darkest, scariest, most dangerous valley of our life, even if it is the valley of the shadow of death, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what enemy we must face. It doesn't matter what burden we must bear, what trial we must endure, what obstacle we must overcome. It doesn't matter if it is a major heart attack. It doesn't matter, does it? It does not matter what problem you might, you face, what problem you must solve, or what fear you must uh, confront, His comfort is indeed, it is enough, it is sufficient, you can count on it. And because of that, it's no wonder that we serve Him. It's no wonder that we follow Him. It's no wonder that we live for Him. It's no wonder that we bow before Him and worship Him and Him alone, right? It's no wonder why we glory Uh, his holy name it's no wonder why we stand here and we preach his word week after week day after day right it's no wonder we stand here and we sing his praises with everything that we've got it's no wonder that we spend time uh, before him on our faces seeking his face right it is no wonder that we can stand before kings and not be ashamed of our king the king of kings and lord of lords right it's no wonder Wonder why he is our closest friend, right? Closer than a brother, the Bible says. It is no wonder why we think about him constantly and he is ever on our lips, right? It's no wonder why we are willing to turn it all to him and surrender all to him. It's no wonder why we obey his will. It's no wonder why We spend a lifetime and dedicate a life studying his word just to get a little closer to him. It's no wonder, no wonder why we long for his return. Because there is no greater comfort than this. No greater comfort. As Jennifer makes her way up here, I'll close with this. Do you remember what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4? Whenever he takes the time and he goes through the the return of the Lord, he talks about the sound of the trumpet, Right, I, I can't quote it, but I can kind of paraphrase for for you, or give you the gist of what it's saying there. First Thessalonians chapter four, the last several verses there, or close to the last several verses. Right, he he talks about there that you know that uh, there's coming a time coming, right, and it's going to be uh, you know the last trumpet when the trumpet is blown, right, and he talks about how you know that we're going to be caught up. Uh, to meet the Lord in the air, right? He, he, but he talks about not to worry because uh, the saints that went before us its already in the grave, right? That they're going to be first, right? They're going to come up out of the graves to meet the Lord in the air, and we're going to be right behind them, right? With a shout, we're going to be right behind them. And then what's the last thing he says there? He says, comfort one another with these words. There is no greater comfort. No wonder, no wonder why we long for his return, for his presence. It's not like I've got a desire not to live any longer. I, sh- I do just like everybody else. But at the same time, I long for his return. At the same time, I get excited about the thought of that resurrection day and what's going to happen, right? And, and I like to get caught up, and sometimes talk about some of the little details of all that. But really what it is, really what it all boils down to is there is not and there is every, there's a I don't know how to say it, right? deep within me, right in the spirit recognizes, even though it can't fully comprehend or understand all that it entails or even you know everything just you know beyond words but yet there's something within me right that knows and recognizes that there is not going to be anything else like that but to be in the very presence of the Lord and that's why it says that we'll be caught up to be with him in the air and that we'll be with him forevermore without an end amen there is nothing else like that and there's no greater comfort i've been waiting a while for you to start playing Uh, no greater comfort praise the lord hallelujah listen i don't care what it doesn't matter i don't mean that like i don't care i absolutely care what you're going through But what I'm trying to say here tonight is regardless of what you may be going through, you have something to rejoice about. I have something to rejoice about. You have a reason for hope. I've got a reason for hope. You've got something to look forward to. We all got something to look forward to, right? And and yes, we endure things, but listen to me. It is just a moment. It is just a flash. It is just a twinkling of an eye life's like a vapor, and then we'll be in the presence of Jesus will you stand to your feet I want to open the altar and I want to give you the opportunity to come tonight Spirit of God dealing with you you just come right on you need to pray come on let's pray whatever it is you, you don't miss this opportunity all right Whatever the need, whatever the burden, right? Uh, Lord, dealing with you, you just come right on, right? Uh, you, you got somebody you want to pray for, you come pray for them, right? You got some things you're facing in your life, and you just come right on, right? Discouraged, downtrodden, d- whatever it might be, you just come on uh, and seek the Lord. Let him uh, l- let him flood your soul here tonight. Let him encourage you. Let him lift you up, right? Uh, feel the comfort. That only the Lord can provide. Whatever it is here tonight, you just come right on. You just come right on.